Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good to see you. If this is your first time here, welcome. My name is Tim. I'm the senior pastor here at the church. And uh, so happy that you have joined us this morning. We are going to close out our series. We have been in an eight-week look at the Lord's Prayer, and uh, I have really enjoyed this. It has kind of reinforced the importance of this prayer, and also that it's a great template for praying. I want to encourage you, too, like Jay did, that in two weeks, we will launch a new series as we head toward Easter, Uh, and it's... It's going to be really fun for me, and I hope you'll bring some folks because I'm going to look at it this way. It is uh, the doubts that we have. One is, some people say, I doubt Jesus ever existed. So that will be the first Sunday. I doubt that Jesus existed. The next one will be, I doubt Jesus did any miracles. And so we'll look at that. The third week I'll do, I doubt Jesus can change lives. Boy, I can't wait to get into that one. And then on Easter, that Saturday and that Sunday, I'm calling this one, I Doubt My Doubts. Because it's funny how we choose what we doubt in life. And we do choose them. We may have lots of evidence, but we doubt. When we choose, our, when we have a doubt, we have chosen it for a reason. And so on Easter Sunday morning and Saturday, we're going to look at that. And so I want to encourage you. I promise you this. Bring your friends. Invite them. Uh, Ask them to come with you, meet them in the parking lot, bring them in. And if you have, especially if you have friends who struggle to know God or they have doubts. And and these are some of the basic things that a lot of us work through in order to get to where we are with our relationship with God. I kind of think like that. But what about? But what about? But what about? And so we're going to look through that. I promise you this. We will be prayed up. We will be ready outside, inside, worship-wise, and in the message to bring this to your friends in such a way that they'll begin to doubt their doubts. And it's called From Doubting to Deciding. That's the name of this series. So be praying with me. Think of a friend. Invite them to come along with you. That starts in two weeks as we head out. So we're going to start today as we close out our series on the Lord's Prayer like we've done Every week for the last eight weeks, we're going to stand and we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together as we look at this portion called the doxology. And so, here we go. You ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, bless this time together. Uh, Breathe life on your word. Help me in my weakness, God. And uh, let the gift of teaching uh, come forth right now, Lord. And Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, you have on the back of your handout, there are some fill-ins today as we bring this to a close. And the part we're looking at is that last part. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, in your Bible, if you 
have read this in your scripture, you'll notice that some of your translations do not have that doxology. But there'll be a footnote, right? You look at it and down at the bottom of the page, it will say some later manuscripts are, are not in the earliest manuscripts. Well, that's very true. What this may have come from, and it was added early in the church's life to the Lord's Prayer, was probably from 1 Chronicles 29.11. There's a similar phrase, a, a similar doxology from David. And it, it kind of goes the same way as this. Plus, the church took this, and uh, at some point, and it was practiced very early on in the church. We're not sure exactly when. But this tag, this doxology, Puts our focus back to where we first began, didn't it? In this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? That's the way this prayer started. And so the doxology is a tag to that. After we've made our, our request of God, as we put our focus on him in the beginning, now we come back to it. Before we step away and go back into our world, we're reminded that it's his kingdom. And that he has the power and it's his glory. And then there's a mighty and a hearty amen at the end of it. So I'm going to mention three things here uh, about this doxology and really about the whole prayer. And your first feeling is this, that this is a prayer of mission and commission. This is a prayer of mission and commission. This states in this prayer, our calling, when the disciples went to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He said, our Father. In other words, he's bringing us along with him on this mission. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it, there is a mission in this. And the fact that Jesus even says, pray this way, our, he's commissioning us to come along, to be a part of this. Uh, maybe you remember Matthew 28, uh, the divine, uh, you know, the, the commissioning, the sending out, where it says, therefore go and make disciples, right? Therefore go and make followers of, my, of me. Go and help people learn what it means to follow me. And so there's a mission there. There's a the part of it. And then, then he, at the end of Matthew, he begins to describe the fullness of the mission and that is, you know, of all nations. That's pretty inclusive, isn't it? It's like, go everywhere. This is, the mission is to everywhere. Go everywhere. That's why we have missionaries that we support all over the world. The Dorman family in our church has been, have been doing this for decades and decades and still doing it. And we have a list of missionaries that we're in behind and we pray for and we support. But we also work within our community to see that happen. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say this about baptizing. Here's my theology. i got to stand up for this. Um, <laughs> baptism is a big deal. It's a huge deal. If you have not been baptized, you should. And we're going to have one coming up right around Easter time. You should sign up, go out to the kiosk, sign up for that because... Getting baptized is the reality of what Jesus has done in your life. It is also a declarative statement to the world that look at what Jesus has done. Look at who I am now in Christ. And you've heard my stories. I've told them many times, but I'll baptize anybody anywhere, anytime. And I have baptized people anywhere, 
in all kinds of places, from sitting out in the ocean surfing and praying with somebody to accept Christ and shooting the boards in and praying them right, you know, dunking them in the water again and to in our house in the bathtub, bathtub you know, it's in, into church. The night that I was baptized was an Easter Sunday night. And I'd been a Christian for about three years maybe. And I will never forget standing in a baptistry very much like this and the pastor looking at me and saying those words over me. And when I went down in that water, I saw my old life just going down and realizing that all of that is forgiven. All of that is washed away. But not only that, but coming up out of that grave, out of that washing is a new being. That kingdom that we've talked about through all of this suddenly has come into my kingdom. And it has beautifully wrecked my world. And coming up out of the water, that washing also is nourishment. This fresh water of life and fresh water of, of, of a new reason for existing. And man, you know what? You should probably run into the baptism baptistry right now going, turn the water on, you know. Because it is that statement. It meant so much to the early church. It, it means so much to us. And so if you have not been baptized, this is a part of our mission and our commission not just to get wet but to make a statement that something huge has happened Jesus has done something amazing and so that's our part and you know what hey if you know Jesus Christ I commission you to go baptize people all right if you pray with one of your friends and they go aren't I supposed to be baptized now go yeah let's go to the ocean and go do it. Talk to them about what it means and baptize them. But just let us know. Just let us know. Or sign up and come in for the next celebration so we can do it together. Baptism is a big deal. And I think it should be done fairly quickly after you've come to this realization that Christ is who he says he is. And so we're to go. That's part of our mission. We're sent out to make disciples. We're commissioned in this prayer. When we pray this prayer, we're praying it with Jesus. We are committing and Jesus is commissioning us to go with him. To do these things together. And uh, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. There's another part of that commissioning in that he will not leave us to our own, you know, our own devices, our own abilities. He's going to be with us through all of it. He'll be right there. I am with you always to the very end. Of the, and I love this, end of the age. The age, because the kingdom age is trying to break into this age. And so Jesus says, I'm going to be with you till the kingdom comes in fullness. Until it's right here completely. I'm going to be right here with you. So the mission is to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you, praying this prayer, if you're not willing for his kingdom to break into your kingdom, you probably shouldn't pray this prayer. This is a dangerous prayer we've been praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Focus not on me, on you, Lord. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom. And believe me, we all got a kingdom. And guess who's the king? You know, in that kingdom, when that king comes, the reason Jesus could pray this and teach us to pray is because he's the legitimate king. And so when he comes and his kingdom comes, it comes up against ours. And this is a dangerous, wonderful uh, prayer a revelatory prayer for our lives 
Our Father who is in heaven, holy, you're pure, you're righteous, you're set apart. Hallowed be your name. Your will be done. This earth, right here. And on this earth. And in this earth. And we pray that, this prayer. This is a mission of ours. Your will be done. Do you know what his will is? Do you know what his good will is? Remember Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Getting to know what is God's will. Getting to know, right? Then you will be able to test. You'll be able to know and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's our mission, and we're commissioned to help one another and to go into the world and to do this, this, this prayer. And uh, this is so much more than, than uh, a meeting, this prayer. When we pray this prayer, it's so much more than us getting together. And I love this Sunday morning, and this is a huge part about what, of what God is doing. But praying this prayer is our being a part of that mission and being commissioned individually as well as corporately to go and do this. So, this is a prayer of mission and commission. So when you pray it, our Father who art in heaven, you are praying your mission. And you are realizing your commission. You're being commissioned to go and to do this. Your second feeling is this. This is a prayer of embodiment and empowerment. Embodiment and empowerment. Jesus lived the kingdom because he was the rightful king. That's the way he lived his life. Jesus, when he came to earth, they call it a fancy word called incarnation. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's what we celebrate at Easter is that God has come to earth as man. 100% God and 100% human. An amazing thing. The incarnation of God. Jesus said in John 14, 15, 16, and in Acts 1, all of these places that he needs to go back to the Father so that the Holy Spirit can come and live in his church. So now we see this embodiment of Christ's life in his body, the church. And we have scripture over and over again about this. One person said it this way. The church that prays this prayer does so as the new royal family. So when we pray this, we are a part, the embodiment of Christ on the earth now. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. That's us. Remember the... The city on a hill, the salt of the earth, the light that you don't want to put a shade over. You want that light bulb shining brightly up on top of the hill where everybody can see it. That's his body, the church. That's us. And so this prayer, when we pray it, we are praying that. We are saying, yes, God, I realize, you know. We are the embodiment of your kingdom in a way. We are emissaries of that kingdom. We are the first, we're the forerunners of seeing your rule and your reign come to this earth in our lives. And we're not left to our own devices. Again, we're, we're promised the Holy Spirit. I mean, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. There it goes back to the mission and commission, right? 
will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Everywhere. That's his church. It's not just the preacher. You know, it's all of us. All of us doing this. Jesus has sent us out as emissaries. And your third feeling is this, is that this is a prayer of confidence and commitment. This prayer, really, our Father who art in heaven should be prayed that way. You know, it's, it, I knew there are times when we, we are going through rough things and we, in our tears we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I also know we're angry at times over things in life. We go, Our Father, you who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, and our, our, maybe our exhaustion through going through the loss and the challenges that we have provoke us. And God can handle all this. I mean, it's not like you have to worry about hurting his feelings. You know, he, he knows you. He knows me. He saved you when you were at your worst. When you were at your worst. He came and he died for you. How much more will he listen to you when you're having a tough time? And when you kind of don't get it, what's happening. I think this prayer is the time that we do it in confidence. And with a committedness that we go, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. All the other names, accusations, sickness, slander, questions that I have. No, you're the name. Your name. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name should be prayed that way. We should pray it with this confidence in our heart that this is indeed the king we're praying to. And you know, the scripture promises that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The name above all names. We sing those songs. And so in this prayer, that's what we do. We take the name of our Father and we lift it up and we say, "You, hallowed be your name. Your name is above all names. You're holy, perfect, separate, sanctified. There's no one like you ever before. And right now in my prayer, I recognize that. And I declare it. And you know, this prayer was given to Jesus' friends. And it's still being given to his friends. This is a friend's prayer. So we pray it with confidence and commitment. Um, William Temple, the bishop of... The Church of England in the 1940s said, When I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. <laughs> Have you ever logged that? Have you ever kind of prayed? Uh, we used to, years ago, we had, a, we had this prayer uh, journal that we worked through. And uh, it was broken up into chapters for every single possible thing. Family members, I still have mine. Goes, this goes all the way back to 1975, maybe, something like this, 76. But one of the things I started doing was I'd write my prayer request in there for family members or friends or even the world, our state. It went right on up in this prayer journal. And I would begin to circle and put the date by when the prayer was answered. And it was funny, after about a couple of years, I, you know, I started going back and there were a lot of circles and a lot of dates that were filled in all along. And I think that's the way in this prayer we approach it. We approach this with confidence. 
and commitment to pray it through. Now, I know you say, like, well, there's so much doubt. There's so much trouble, so much pain in the world. Um, you know, that's the point. We are declaring a name above all of that. We are praying and going to the name of the one who is above the fray in a way. Who can intercede back into it. And so we go over the top of that. It's not a magic incantation. It's not, you know, something that you just, you know, I, I used to use prayer beads. A friend of mine made one for a special prayer that I like to pray. And he broke the beads up into every word of this verse for me. And uh, it was really sweet. There was a big bead for the verse where it broke. And there were one, small beads for each word in that prayer. And I would use it just to pray because I, I like to see something. I like to have something I can touch. I'm, um, I'm a very sensory person. And so I'm like, but this is it's not like a magic thing. You work through it. I've said it seven times. Okay, now I'm done. This is not what this is. This is, a re, this is an invitation to a relationship. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven. We go to him for a request for food, for sustenance, to help us forgive. To help us stay out of situations that we know we can't contend with, that we're too weak to handle. Please, Lord, deliver me. Keep me away from that. Keep me away from the evil one having too much influence in my life and keep me away from the situations. And so we pray in confidence and with commitment. And you know what I really do love is the amen at the end. And by confidence too, let me, because that just nails it. It's like, amen. You know, amen is like, amen. It's not whatever, okay? Amen doesn't mean. That's not what amen means, all right? Doesn't mean whatever. No, it means I believe it. It means right on. I declare it. I trust in it. I believe it. Amen. That's why it's a hearty amen. And uh, this commitment and belief that the kingdom has come in the king and that now we are a part of that is something we can declare and that we can pray in confidence. I think it's okay to get angry at the devil. I think it's okay to be mad and say, God, we want you to pierce through this and do something different. And boy, do we need that in our world right now. You know, it, does it break your heart when you see people being less than what you know God wants them to be and to experience and to live? I remember once there was a young man that he was cutting himself and he was dealing with suicidal thoughts. And not only was I broken hearted, but I was angry. And I grabbed him one time. I grabbed him one time and I pushed him up against the wall and I looked in his eyes. I said, you better not hurt yourself. I said, do you realize who you are? You don't even belong to yourself any longer. Well, I'm worthless. I said, no, you're not. If an item is valued and the price is set on that item by the price paid for it, you are the most expensive and precious object on the face of the earth. For in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Your price was set on the cross. And that price and that value of your life was assured with his resurrection. You know what I think? I think the resurrection is God's amen. 
That's what I think. I think when Jesus came out of the grave, it was God going, I believe it. <laughs> amen. 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 We got to practice on our amens around here. Yeah. We, we do. You know, we're laid back. Yeah, surfers. Uh, amen. It's cool, man. It's cool. No. Amen. 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 I mean, if we say it, if we really believe it, then we can say it with confidence and commitment. This is a prayer of confidence and commitment. How do we respond? This is at the bottom of your page. I believe we ought to pray it publicly and live it publicly. Amen. Pray it publicly. That's a good amen there, Brian. We should... Pray it publicly, live it publicly. Listen, in World War II, World War II, there were hundreds of POWs in this one camp. It was a cold, dark evening. They had suffered through a series of beatings that day. And then the camp commander had them all stand in a line, and he berated them for the next hour and a half after having been tortured all day long. Then they were sent to their barracks and told to be totally quiet for the rest of the evening. So they laid down in their racks that night and they laid there and someone, somewhere in that compound began to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Pretty soon somebody a couple of racks over joined him. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Pretty soon seven, eight racks down, someone else joined. By the time they got to yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory Almost the whole camp was praying it together. And when they got to the ending amen, the whole camp in arousing went amen. And the camp went silent. Been beaten all day. Suffering, hungry, berated. They didn't go silent until the tables had been turned. Until they saw something coming. Until they prayed for something to come. The kingdom to come. They had sighted a new world. Your kingdom come. Here. And they signaled it that it was coming. And they declared it was coming. I hear all these things like. Well no wonder we have such problems. We threw God out of the classroom. Folks, seriously, do you really think you can kick God out of a classroom? Well, they stopped prayer in school. That's why. Do you really think someone can stop you from praying in school? Pray it. Declare it. Say it. Not as some pompous righteous person, but as a person who has been captured by God and has seen that off in the distance, the good rule and the reign of God is coming. I want it to come. Your kingdom come. Here, break into this earth. Your good kingdom where people are cared for, where people are valued, where people know they're not orphans any longer. Pray it, declare it, and put a hearty amen on it. As you pray for your school, as you pray, God is in the classroom. He's been there. He's not going anywhere. So can we just quit that 
please? Because it's driving me crazy. And uh, we are the salt of the earth. We're a light on a hill. This prayer is a prayer of commitment. It's a prayer of consecration. It's a prayer that there is something good that has come to the earth in Jesus Christ. And it's breaking in still right now. No things aren't like they should be, but they're, they're going to get better. As the kingdom comes, they get better. And one day, it will be the amen. Until then, we pray this prayer. There'll be a time when we won't pray this any longer. But until that time, we pray it. We pray it publicly. And we live it out publicly. We pray it privately. This is your last one. And we live it privately. Do you pray this? When you have doubts, when you're being attacked, do you pray this prayer? Do you believe it? Do you live it out? I'm a part of a good kingdom. I'm a, I'm a part of a group of people that God has saved and plucked right out of the... Years ago, this guy that came to Christ, this musician friend of mine, told me, he says, I was going down in the river of sin, and Jesus plucked me up by the hairs of my nostril. He said, that's how far gone I was. All you could see was like one hair. And he just, woo, all right. See, that's the kingdom. That's your invitation. That's what God has done for you. When you were at your worst, he sent his son to die. He invited you into his kingdom. He's still working. You know what? He's still bringing his kingdom. He's going to continue to bring his rule and his reign to our life as long as we live. Until one day the great amen will come. Until then we pray. Can we pray it? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Deliver us from the evil. For yours is the kingdom, skip the line, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, come on back up, Johanna. Amen. Let's stand, guys. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. If you have not responded to God's great love and call on your life to come and follow him, this would be the perfect moment for it right now. Right now. So I'm going to ask you to do something. God is wooing and moving in your life, saying, I love you so much. I've gone to the cross for you. And maybe you still got some questions. I get it. But you know that. You sense that. Then he asked us to take a step out. You know, this is a safe place this morning. We do this publicly out there. You need the support and the prayers of one another. So in here is a great place to, to begin that journey by saying, I'm with friends this morning. And I want to make a declarative move that I belong to Jesus. So Father, right now, on the hearts of those who have not responded to you, but now feel your call to come and follow, would you have them make a step, Lord? Make a step to confess with their mouth, Lord, and believe in their heart that you were, Jesus, you were raised from the dead, then you will be saved, declaring 
you, Lord, Father. So I'm going to ask you, would you raise your hand while we're praying, church? Make that step this morning. Say, I'm responding, and I'm responding to Christ and to his kingdom. Let me know so I can pray for you. Lift up your hand. Just thank you, Father. Come on. Jesus. Come, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will you get everything you want, Lord? Bring it here. Bring it here. Give us this day everything we need to survive, Lord. Our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, God. Protect us from the evil one. Keep us out of situations, Lord, that are too tempting and wear us down, Lord. Keep us away from those. Lord, for yours, yours is the rule and the reign. Yours is the kingdom, Lord. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. You get the glory. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.